0: Well, good afternoon, everyone. This is Alan Adler. I am the Midwest Bureau Chief for Freight Waves. It's great to have you uh, with us today for the inaugural kickoff, first ever edition of Truck Tech on TV. This is an extension of what we do on Fridays uh, here at Freight Waves called Truck Tech, uh, the newsletter. And we are thrilled to um, have a new platform and a new way to uh, explore some of the technology, autonomous, electrification, that goes on in the truck trucking space what we'll do here is you'll see some carryover from the newsletter and some expansions here and there it will go back and forth but it's not a repeat because what we've got uh, scheduled here every week is the opportunity to talk to someone a newsmaker in the industry and we're thrilled today to start out with john o'leary the CEO and President of Daimler Truck North America. He'll be joining us in just a few minutes. I want to hit some headlines, which will be another feature of what we're doing. So why don't we get started with that? CES gets underway tomorrow in Las Vegas, and the folks out there are hoping to see those big crowds come back. After a couple of years of uh, one, an entirely virtual show, and then last year, a pretty muted crowd as we went through the second year of the pandemic, uh, now we're looking at hopefully, at least for the organizers anyway, an opportunity to see those, uh, you know, 100,000 people or more. Trucking has got some roles out there, but nothing major. Like back in 2019, when uh, Dimeware Truck uh, really took over the show, quite honestly, and uh, had a lot of news, there's really no truck maker doing that this year. But there are things that are happening. Um, Gaddock, for instance, the middle mile uh, company that works with Walmart and a number of other uh, Fortune 50 companies, on uh, basically site-to-site autonomous is uh, showing some technology, proof of concept with Goodyear um, on some tire technology. That's one thing that's happening out there. Um, it, the uh, transportation does get its own pavilion um, at, at, uh, at CES, and there would be a lot of things that wouldn't be necessarily applicable to what we're talking about. Um, the, uh, the partnership with Goodyear, that, uh, and Goodyear is an investor in Gatic is very similar to something we heard about a couple of years ago when Kodiak Robotics and uh, Bridgestone America is tied up. They, too, are working on technology to improve the autonomous uh, uh, operability. And, uh, you know, so we'll get into that a little bit more. You can uh, look for a story on FreightWaves on that, uh, on on the goodyear uh, uh partnership uh, a little later. Um, we also see that Nikola, it, despite its attempts to stay out of the news uh, in some ways, is back in the news. They're selling debt directly to an, a group of investors. Um, this is to raise uh, $50 million. They'll get about $46.5 million of that. And uh, their hopes is to, you know, what they need it for is to shore up the balance sheet. And uh, they have a lot on their plate. They've got to finish the second phase of the plant in Arizona. They are continuing to build uh, battery electric trucks, albeit at a slower rate because of some uh, setbacks that they took in the, uh, in the merger or acquisition of Romeo Power. And ultimately, you know, they want to start working out and building the hydrogen hub and their hydrogen stations to fuel uh, the fuel cell trucks that are coming later this year. Um, more on that in Friday's newsletter. That's how you'll see things start to play out uh, a little bit here. Finally, um, NHTSA out with the recall numbers uh, for the year of 2022, and uh, two truck companies uh, unfortunately made that top 10 list. Uh, Daimler is in at number three, same position they were in a year ago, and Navistar finished number nine. Um, the big the big leader uh, for the second straight year Ford Motor Company. Um, a little bit more again on Friday uh, in the newsletter on that. Now let's get to what we really came for, which is to uh, welcome John O'Leary, John, the president and uh, CEO of Daimler Truck in North America. Uh, John, it is wonderful to have you as our first guest. Uh, you came to us from uh, from Portland today, I believe, and, and it's it's wonderful to have you. Well, Happy New Year to you. Um, John has been uh, in the CEO role at, at Daimler since, I believe, April of 21. Prior to that, he was uh, working in, in Germany and helping uh, reset The Mercedes Benz truck business. And prior to that, he was the chief financial officer for about a dozen years here in North America. So, John, it's great to have you. There's so many things we could talk about, but honestly, um, we're going to stick to one, which is electrification today. Um, I guess just to get started, um, maybe you can talk about where electrification fits in the pantheon of what you do as the market leader here.
1: Yeah, Alan. And first, let me say thank you. It's an honor to be here as your first guest on this new venture. Uh, really exciting and a great way to start out the year. So thank you for that. Uh, I'm honored, and I, of course, DTNA, uh, as a reflection of myself, we're just honored that you consider us to be a thought leader in this space and that that we're here. Uh, yeah. So, you know, when you talk about uh, electric vehicles, uh, we're we're a big company and we can do a lot of things at once. Certainly, we're continuing to develop our diesel products, and and you know, we lead the industry there, and we fully intend to continue doing that. Uh, up until at least 2039, which is what we've said we're going to do. Uh, at, at that point, we then switch to CO2 neutral exclusively. Uh, but the electric products, yeah, well underway. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of press uh, out there in recent months about deliveries that we've made to customers. Uh, so, again, very uh, nice uh, acceptance by them. Uh, demand is is there, not Uh, It's still a a small part of the overall pie, as you well know, uh, the overall North American truck market, but it's certainly on a a ramp up path and we're dedicated to that. We're spending a lot of money there. Uh, But again, it's still for us a, a relatively small piece of the overall pie.
0: Yeah, of course it is. And I I think I have to uh, have to ask, though, are we seeing I mean, obviously, we are responsible for some of this. We spend a lot more time writing about electrification and some degrees, you know, autonomy and things like that, things that are coming more than we do things that are here. Um, Your business is primarily a, a diesel business today how does this uh, actually ramp up in your in your mind john uh, as as we move forward i mean what do we see sort of a hockey stick that we've talked about or do you see it more gradual um, you have a one order out there of 800 uh ecascadia's from from cisco um, are we going to see more of that
1: yeah i mean for sure there's a lot of ongoing discussions with customers as you know we uh sell trucks to the to the very largest fleets in the in the country Um, as well as to some smaller and medium ones as well. And there's a lot of interest out there about electric. Everyone is wanting to at least understand the technology. Some of them are taking it a step further, uh, dipping their toe into the water with small orders. And then with Cisco, for example, you saw a a rather large one. But yeah, there's a a wide variety of business going on right now, discussions as people really try to sort out their their game plans for the future. It's definitely something that uh, you're going to see Uh, move forward with it, whether it's a hockey stick or a a more kind of a gradual ramp up really depends on a number of things. Infrastructure being first and foremost uh, right now, you know, there's not so much uh, commercial vehicle infrastructure out there. There's a lot of uh, initiatives underway. We have a a joint venture uh, with BlackRock and NextEra Energy. There's other things going on uh, with other players in that space to really try to build that out. Uh, so in the meantime, depot charging is really the, the way to go. And, uh, you know, we'll see that develop over time. Uh, there's also a TCO equation, right? Nobody buys a truck uh, other than to make money with. It's a tool to make money uh, in a business context. So the TCO has to be there. And so from that perspective, you know, government funding on incentives, uh, super critical. And like I said earlier, also on the, uh, the infrastructure side.
0: Well, and if you go back even to 20, uh, I guess it's late 2018, really, when you first delivered an electric uh, eCascadia down, uh, to Penske and, and to NFI for your original, uh, experiment, uh, those were subsidized and we continue to see subsidization. Um, I think we wrote recently that, uh, the, the Nikola fuel cell, which we're not really talking about fuel cells right this minute, but could get up to 70% in, in you know, acquisition cost, voucher, you know, uh, kind of thing, it could run that high. How long do we need to have, in your estimation, in a, an incentivized uh, balance, if you will, patch to TCO?
1: Yeah, that's really the big uh, unknown question, I would say, Alan, at this point in time, because there's there's definitely a ramp-up phase where you're dealing with higher-cost batteries, higher-cost uh, e-components, things like that that go into it that have not been industrialized. You know, if you look at a North American uh, market class six to eight of 425,000 trucks, you know, that's a lot of volume that, uh, that drives down cost of, of every component for every OEM. Uh, that electric piece of that is nowhere near that now. So there's still a lot of volume that has to kick in in order for, uh, for that commercialization to really get to a, a better cost place so and then you get into the whole scarcity issue too of of certain pieces of that supply chain, so uh it's still a ways away uh I would say there's uh no danger of the the need of uh of government incentives to go away anytime soon
0: right, and you're actually it's just got some more with the uh with the inflation reduction act, another you know potentially forty thousand dollars per unit. I would suspect that that would accelerate things a little bit or allow people that might have been doing one and two trucks to do five and ten or something like that. Is that something you see happening?
1: I mean, it helps. Every little bit helps, for sure. But uh, still, the, the issue with infrastructure is, uh, is a big deal out there. And uh, again, depot charging in some locations, uh, for example, California, uh, fairly quick to be able to put that in. They've been working on it for a long time. I've thrown a lot of money at it for a long time. And so they're, you know, a little more prepared than maybe the rest of the country or at least most of the rest of the country. So uh, you'll see definitely some uh, some spikes up there. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's still uh, there's a lot of limiting factors in play.
0: Yeah. Well, you've mentioned infrastructure a couple of times. So let's talk about that for a few minutes. I, I think that, you know, you mentioned that the the uh, it's six hundred and fifty million dollars, I believe, that that was the number associated with your work with BlackRock and NextEra. Um, I presume that and we've been showing some pictures of of the uh, the B-roll, if you will, of your uh, um, electric island there in Portland. And uh, I I think I think that must be part of this because, you know, you also late last year, uh, you know, sort of celebrated the, the coming of megawatt charging, which, of course, we don't have trucks capable of that today but something that will happen you know at at some point i I guess my question for you and and boy i hate the cliche so much but it did become the chicken and the egg right of trucks and charging um you know i remember when you took your first trucks down to california i think i was told that 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 they they had to stop at you know car chargers and 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 you know kind of go all night uh you know just to get enough to keep going Uh, things are a little better now but, uh, you know, wh- where do we need to get to and do we need the same level of infrastructure, excuse me, of incentives for this infrastructure that, uh, that we're seeing on the, on the vehicle side?
1: Yeah, so maybe just to start out one minor correction, uh, Electric Island, uh, we actually did that long before uh, the Inflation Reduction Act came out. So that was uh, totally funded by ourselves and our local utility, PGE. Uh, so that was something. That, again, you recognize the chicken and egg concept. We uh, realized we needed that here to be able to not only use for our own test fleets, but anybody else around here who might want to dip their toe in the water with uh, with a commercial vehicle. So, uh, just a, a minor correction on that. Uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely uh, gotten to the point where uh, infrastructure is key. That's why on the BlackRock uh, Next Era topic that we, or joint venture that we just talked about, uh, we've got basically lanes on the East Coast, West Coast, and then the Texas Triangle uh, mapped out for areas that we really want to develop. Uh, understanding that at least initially there will be a fairly strong demand in those places for uh, electric vehicles, um, and again, it's it's really with the intent of trying to. Uh, do some of the longer longer haul applications and have uh, charging capability there. Uh, certainly within cities today, in certain cities where it's it's more of a regional day, day cab or last mile delivery, you know those applications um, already make a lot of sense for electric. And you're starting to see some offerings there. We'll be launching our EM2 uh, a little bit later this year uh, to address that. We've got our MT50 uh, Freightliner custom chassis. A chassis, which supplies to people like uh, FedEx and UPS. And so you'll see that as well, or you already see that as well. So anyway, we're, uh, we're trying to uh, help out wherever we can, but understand that we don't have, nor does any other single entity have the capability or the resources to really build out an entire grid across the country. Uh, and again, that gets back to your point, which I think is a good one, that uh, continued help from the government to develop that, I think, is uh, is necessary and, and greatly appreciated.
0: Yeah, let me ask you a little bit about retail. I, I don't know that there is a story on electrification for retail at this point, but do you envision a time in the near term where you would see stock unit, uh, a stock unit, I'm guessing, uh, you know, in your in your stores, in your retail outlets to encourage uh, more of this? Are you doing that already? Um, I, you know, there's not many stock units of any kind available these days. But uh, do you, do you see that it's going to stock at some point?
1: Yeah, I mean, at some point, I would say that could be a logical uh, outcome. Certainly, in the meantime, you know the the specificity of applications uh, probably prevents that, um, at least in some, uh, or let's say most most markets. But again, we're a very customer focused company. Our dealers are very customer focused. And if there's a need out there, we're going to try to, to meet it, you know, just as we always have with all of our other products. So if there's a market in a specific AOR or specific region or for a specific application that lends itself to stock units, then for sure we'll uh, develop that uh, as a program and, and support it just like we do with our diesel stock trucks.
0: Right. Did you, uh, did you differentiate, uh, you know, we, we were with Martin Dom at the IAA in, in Germany, and he was Pretty clear that this idea of truck as a service is not your model. That is not how you do it. It is how one of your competitors, Volvo Truck, is doing it with their with their gold uh, gold package, uh, basically taking care of everything. You offer all these services, but but how is it that it, it's different? Um, can you help me understand the approach?
1: Yeah, I, I think um, I think there might be a little confusion there. Uh, I wasn't at at uh, IAA to hear Martin say. Uh, what he said, but I, as I understand it, the, the context was more along the lines of we're not going to get into the trucking business. There's certainly people out there who say, well, you know, maybe a logical extension is that you kind of cut out the middleman and just go and become a, a direct uh, freight delivery company. Uh, and that is clear uh, in our minds, Martin's mind, mine, we would never do that. We have customers that we respect, and, uh, and that respect means that they can do it a whole lot better than we can. And they've been doing it for a whole lot longer than we have. So we have no intent to enter that space of, of delivering freight uh, in terms of uh, bundling services, uh, which I think you referred to with Volvo. Uh, we certainly would, uh, would do that. We're developing it right now. Uh, we have a financial services company, Diamond Truck Financial Services, who, are very uh, involved in in looking at those opportunities right now. Uh, I would say, at least at this point in time, you know the demand for that is not so significant. Uh, but again, we uh, like to read the tea leaves and be innovative and and you know be prepared for the future. So if it turns out that that becomes a big uh, need or or want from customers, then for sure we'll be ready with with products and, and offerings there.
0: Yeah. We're getting into a period now, and it's really, we'll see some numbers, uh, you know, later today in terms of how the year finished out in in truck orders. But we are getting to the point now where, uh, you know, battery electric trucks are for real. I mean, you're doing it. You're building them there in, in, in Portland. You're delivering them to customers. And, and you know, those announcements came, you know, pretty quick succession late late in the year. Do you expect if we get, and maybe I should ask you the question, if you expect a pre-buy um, in advance of some of these uh, emission regulations that are coming for 24 and uh, 27. Um, if you see a pre-buy, do you see some of the expected pre-buyers sort of take the plunge and purchase electric trucks to maybe uh, you know, help with some of the offsets? Obviously, the more uh, zero emission or zero tailpipe emission trucks you run, the more room that gives you for uh, continuing to run a diesel fleet. Um, how do you see that? And do you see an inflection point, I guess?
1: Yeah, I mean, for sure, that's that's possible. I mean, it's still a long ways off. And I would say even the regulatory environment that we are in today, there's no guarantee that that's going to be the same regulatory environment uh, in 12 or 24 months. Right. They, they, the regulators don't just uh, pass a regulation and then uh, take the rest of the year off or the next two years off and go golfing. Right. They're working on the next set. So uh, we're not exactly sure what that will even entail, you know, and certainly we try to keep our finger on the pulse in a big way. But yeah, just as, uh, as you highlighted, uh, people, our customers, ourselves, we're constantly reading what the regulations are and what, uh, what they allow you to do and how to best navigate those. And if that involves uh, pre-buying electric vehicles or pre-buying Uh, diesel vehicles, you know, that's the kind of behavior that you can expect, uh, from, from customers. And certainly we are there to support our customers.
0: Well, and you've certainly seen it in the past. I mean, every time we've had a significant emission change, we get some level of pre-buy. It makes it more, even more confusing in the environment where we still have, is it 80,000 or a hundred thousand, uh, units of sort of pent up demand. Maybe that's fallen a little bit recently. Your, your folks track that much more closely than I can. Let me, switch a, let me switch gears a little bit. It's still electrification, but it's fuel cells. You have a couple of plans that you've talked about. Last May, you announced a, a, a partnership, if you will, with Cummins, which is a partner already, and engines, to, you know, basically uh, use uh, Cascadia's, not e I don't think, but Cascadia's to host fuel cell um, trucks. Can you bring, bring us up to speed a little bit on what's happening there? And then maybe I'll ask you about cell centric in terms of the uh, timing uh, later.
1: Yeah, so, you know, at least at this point in time, there's a, a lot of, um, let's say, feeling out of uh, different suppliers and OEs to figure out what uh, is ultimately going to be the, the technology of the future. And certainly in fuel cells, you've got a couple of different avenues that you can go there uh, with, you know, gaseous uh, hydrogen and uh, direct in- injection uh, versus fuel cell. And so we understand that our customers are going to have different needs. Just like today, we offer a Cummins, uh, of course it's, it's all diesel, but we offer a Cummins and a Detroit. Uh, and certainly as we look to the future, we would want to be able to serve uh, the needs of our customers at whatever uh, requirements they have. So uh, we've got a great partnership with Cummins. We have for a long time and, and really are uh, happy to have this, this uh, opportunity to develop and innovate with them um just as we are with uh with centric, which was is more of a proprietary or at least a you know internal of course shared with Volvo uh opportunity and i guess you'll ask me about that next
0: yes i will uh we had an opportunity to ride in the uh, in the uh, in the uh gen h2 uh when we were in germany and uh you know it's a pretty special i guess the surprise to me was that it's really uh, really a parallel hybrid because it's got a pretty good sized battery in there you know to and and ultimately, you're are sort of toggling between the two to decide which which is best used. Um, are we still looking second half of the decade for that to come here as a as, as a vehicle? Or do you think you could move that forward, or would there be a need to bring it forward?
1: You know, there's uh, just as we had the earlier discussion on battery electric. There's a lot of the same factors in play, uh, such as infrastructure and TCO and things like that. Uh, I would say, at least uh, compared to Europe, uh, where on the battery electric side, we're we're kind of at parity in terms of uh, the development of products and the the, the timing and things like that. Uh, I would say it, with hydrogen, the U.S. is uh, is maybe a few years behind uh, Europe in terms of uh, you know where the thought process has been on that as a as a viable technology going forward. So it's still uh, somewhat early days. You know, it's getting it's obviously accelerating. Uh, but it's it's certainly a few years behind Europe. So I would say, you know, your timeline there is probably uh, not too far off. It's it's very general, of course, uh, and a lot of things have to happen again, specifically with regards to uh, for infrastructure and TCO. But uh, at least at this point in time, you know, the the expectation is that for longer haul uh, types of applications, there's going to have to be some some hydrogen solution out there. Um, but again, you know, there's a lot of companies out there, uh, startup companies, innovating battery technology uh, all the time. And uh, you never know what's going to happen, you know, in the next two to three years. But at least the crystal ball at this point in time would say that we're going to need a hydrogen offering uh, towards the end of the decade. Yes.
0: Sure. OK, crystal ball time. You brought it up. I'm going to pick up on that one. And I'm going to ask you as our first guest ever on Truck Tech I'm going to ask you for your best prediction on 2023 and you were told in advance this is coming so uh, you, have, you can't be too surprised that i would ask it but i am i am curious uh, john i mean you see the whole picture really of of trucking in in this market you know what's what's out there what, what what are we going to see this year what's your big prediction
1: yeah you know and actually alan this is a pretty easy one to answer because it's the one i get asked the most so uh, whether it's by my boss by uh, our outside board by customers by everyone so Uh, Yeah, I I definitely have an answer uh, pretty much in my head at all times. Look, uh, the demand that we saw out there for uh, 22 uh, that none of us were able to fulfill, uh, that will continue uh, in 23. Uh, There's a lot of customers out there, especially in the large fleet space, whose average fleet age has, has crept up. Uh, and what that does is raise their operating costs, and they don't like that. They want to operate in a bandwidth that they're far more comfortable with. And so they want to get into younger uh, product, and they have the capital to do it. And they've and we've had so many discussions. It's the first question I ask every single one of the CEOs uh, whenever I meet with them, and they're all very, um, let's say, committed to to make those buys this year. Uh, regardless of what the um, you know what the economic headwinds may look like uh, that we sometimes see in the on the daily press. So I think that will continue. Obviously that's anything is you know subjective to some economic meltdown of epic proportions that nobody's uh, talking about, but I would say that's a, a pretty strong leg I'm standing on right now. I would also say on the vocational side, uh, because of infrastructure bills having been passed, uh, last year, uh, that that market is also going to be very robust. So at least from where we sit right now, um, the year is going to be uh, just as strong in twenty three as it was in twenty two., uh, we do expect some better performance from the supply base. We've seen the chip side of that uh, gradually improve to where it's uh, far less. It's not completely gone away, but it's far less of a of an issue. Uh, than it had been uh in uh, in 22. Uh, of course we've got other issues uh, at various times uh in in certain parts of the supply chain with things like tires and brakes and uh frame rails and things like that more more standard uh, type of parts but uh, we you know we were, they're working hard on that and we're helping them uh work hard on that and so we would expect some better performance from the supply chain as well uh and then i guess the other thing i would say since your since your you know topic today is more on uh zero emission vehicles uh for sure that that ramp up will continue um i think from from all of us uh of course subject to uh the infrastructure development trying to keep pace with that because i think a lot of people as they've started taking deliveries of, of battery electric trucks at least what i hear about ours is hey we absolutely love these trucks uh now if i could only get infrastructure I could buy a whole lot more of them, so that's still a pacing item, and and will be in 23.
0: John, this is terrific. Thank you so much for coming on, uh, being the first guest. Uh, you'll always be our first guest because we will never have another. But uh, next time, uh, next week, we'll uh, we'll hear from Rebecca Brewster at the uh, American Transportation Research Institute. For everyone watching, thank you for being here, and so long for now.